Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game Changers with Purpose, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are absolutely in the right place. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. I have a quote from a young lady named Aisha Taryam, T-A-R-Y-A-M, the first Middle Eastern female editor-in-chief of an English-language newspaper, The Gulf Today. You can look her up and learn more about her. Famous family that owns the UAE-based media house Dar el-Khalil, and she was born in the UAE, United Arab Emirates. Here's the quote, very, very profound. Listen up. In a sea of human beings, it is difficult at times, even impossible, to see the human as being. Just let me let that sink in for a second. So I think you can glean from that. We're talking about people and we happen to be talking about humanitarian challenges in the 21st century. We've got a dual challenge here. Refugees streaming into so many companies, into so many countries. Where did they come from? What do they know? What were they doing before they left where they left? How to help them find meaningful work wherever they go and how to help businesses find skilled workers. Businesses are lacking in talent today, believe it or not. So how do you put the two together? Well, we learned about three what we call 21st century solutions. Let me just read a little to you, and then I will be glad to introduce us, introduce you to. We're waiting for a guest. That's why I'm punting here. Three solutions. Number one, Deloitte collaborated with the Refugee Studies Center at the University of Oxford on a research report called Talent Displaced, the Economic Lives of Syrian Refugees in Europe. That's the first part of a solution. Second one, Deloitte collaborated with SAP to develop and pilot a technology platform called Futures Hub. And the third one, okay, we have him, the Germany-based SAP Engaging for Refugees program offered refugees internship opportunities in software development, software design, and software programming. Uh Aha. So if you think about it, the theme here is combining purpose with technology to bring sustainable solutions to people and companies. And we are calling this episode Technology with Purpose. Purpose, priming the humanitarian pump. Welcome to our new series, Game Changers with Purpose Radio. Purpose is a big buzzword today, and we've created a whole series around it. So there, let me tell you who my three panelists are, and then we will get started. First up, in a moment, I'll be introducing you to Jacques Buit, B-U-I-T-H. He's a senior partner at Deloitte. We've just been talking about Deloitte. Joining him on the panel is Dan Lal, who hasn't been on with me in a couple of years, VP of Product Marketing for Cloud Platform at SAP, and another newcomer, Miguel Castro, lead for culture and identity for the SAP Global Diversity and Inclusion Office. Welcome to our three esteemed panelists. Jacques has sent us a quote from Wayne Gretzky. Uh, the quote is used very often. We love the quote. Let me give you a little background. Wayne Gretzky is a young kid born in 1961, Canadian former professional ice hockey player and former head coach, played 20 seasons with the National Hockey League for four teams. He's called the great one the greatest hockey player ever. Here's the quote. I skate to where the puck is going to be, not where it has been. Jacques, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today? I'm very good. Very good. Thank you so much for having me on the on the, on the line. We are delighted. I'm going to ask Aaron to boost your volume a little bit. You're a little bit low. I want to hear you a little bit better. Jacques, do me a favor. Just for the record, pronounce your last name so everybody hears it correctly. Go ahead. Yeah, very good. I'm from the Netherlands. So in the Netherlands, we, we call my last name Bout. 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 How you pronounce it. Okay, thank you. I will try my, I might just call you Jacques. We'll, we'll go with that. Jacques, we love the quote from Wayne Gretzky. We're talking about putting people together with jobs, putting companies together with people, and we're talking about refugees and solving a huge humanitarian crisis. So how does Wayne Gretzky's quote have to do with that particular challenge? Well, it absolutely has. It absolutely has. So it's not just uh, a quote that is used quite often, and I use it quite often in both mm-hmm. in my personal life, but also in, in, in the business life. And for me, this is anticipating on the future. Yeah? So not just do the things you, you, you do every single day continuously, 
but the problems of tomorrow need to be solved with different with a different attitude. So so you definitely need to know where the puck is going eh, in terms of technology, in terms of fourth industrial revolution, eh, what is happening in the world. Everything is globalization, which is good for some. However, it's not good for all. So so what I believe and personally also very believe in that we in the business community, that we have a very important role there to play. So for me, this quote goes goes much further than just personally. Yeah, I used to be a hockey player when I when I was ah. younger than I'm today. Um, <laughs> but I also use it a lot uh, in the in, in in the business world. Thank you very much, Jack. Pleasure to have you on, and so many interesting things you just shared with us skating to where it's going to be and I know that a lot of solutions are starting to work in the refugee crisis uh, but there's so much more to do and very interesting technology with purpose such a good topic for us and as I mentioned in my opening we've created this new series that's actually a spin-off of our series called the future of the future which is also very apropos to looking ahead at what we need to do with technology and with business to solve future problems that may be literally right at our doorstep. Jack, pleasure to meet you. A lot more to talk about with you. So let me go to our second panelist, and I'm welcoming back a longtime colleague at SAP, Dan Lyle. And Dan has sent us a very profound quote from GBS. That's George Bernard Shaw, 1856 to 1950. He, I don't know if, Dan, you know this, but he just wanted to be called Bernard Shaw. He was an Irish playwright, critic, and polemicist whose influence on Western theater, culture, and politics extended way beyond his death. He wrote more than 60 plays, including Man and Superman, Pygmalion, you may know that as My Fair Lady, and St. Joan. He was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1925. Here is the quote. Everybody listen up. This is a long one. The worst sin towards our fellow creatures is not to hate them, but to be indifferent to them. That's the essence of inhumanity. Dan Lyle, I just I just want to sit and absorb this quote. How have you been, Dan? Good, Bonnie, and thank you for having me on the show today. And I, I think that is really profound from uh, for George Bernard Shaw from The Devil's Disciple, that it's really indifference that... Uh, uh, that 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 is is really bad. It's not hatred, but indifference. So um, we cannot be indifferent towards our fellow man. That's the key. Very interesting. So let's talk a little bit, Dan. Let's relate it to our topic of using 21st century technology to solve a new problem, which is the fluidity of refugee populations into places where they didn't originate. Uh, the, the, the definition, if you will, um, in terms of, yeah, what, what the indifference would be what? Doing nothing would be saying, well, we're just going to invent the next greatest can opener and the heck with humanitarian issues. Where, where would the indifference be? Well, you know, there's so much need across humanity, uh, across the globe, and we're going to be talking about the refugee crisis today. There's so so much capability that we can bring as first world countries to those suffering in in need. And for us to just turn a blind eye to say, that's your problem, uh, no, Mm -hmm. that's not how the rest of us need to react, whether we are individuals, whether we are corporations, whether we are countries, all of those things need to play into our common humanity and our common core, uh, compassion toward those in need. And uh, we're going to talk about those, I believe, today, Bonnie. And, and it's, again, it's not just individual, but it's, it's corporations, countries, uh, whole cultures that, that need to, to pick up the baton and, and, and find compassion toward others. Thank you. And compassion is such a key word here. Thank you so much, Dan. Pleasure to have you back on Game Changers. Don't be a stranger and come back more often. You're always welcome. And now let's turn to our other newcomer, Miguel Castro, lead for culture and identity for SAP Global Diversity and Inclusion Office. And Miguel has sent us a quote from, uh, let's see now, this is from the character Hiro Nakamura, warning Peter Petrelli, if anybody doesn't Mm -hmm. know, and I certainly didn't, from Heroes Season 1. And let me give you a little 
little bit of background here. Heroes is the NBC science fiction serial drama series that follows the lives of people across the globe who possess various superhuman powers as they struggle to cope with their everyday lives and prevent foreseen, ah, foreseen disasters from occurring. It debuted on American and Canadian TV way back in September 25th. 2006, the first season finished 21st Mm -hmm. of 142 American primetime TV series in the Nielsen ratings, so there. So let me just read this quote. This is really cool. I watched a little video clip, Miguel, so I would know exactly Mm -hmm. where it came from. And here's the quote. Save the cheerleader, save the world. Miguel Castro, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today? I'm doing great, Bonnie. Thank you very much. I love this quote so much. I always smile when I when I think about the thing. It's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So tell me how it relates to our topic. We're talking foreseen, or, or is the humanitarian crisis, was it foreseen? Mm-hmm. I don't want to get into politics, but how does it relate to exactly what we're talking about? Go ahead, Miguel. I don't know if it's foreseen or not, but you know, when we're talking about diversity and inclusion in companies, we're normally talking about the different constituencies, the different groups. What that quote made me think with that situation in the show is that you don't know what everybody's superpowers could be, and you don't know how this could come and play a role. It's uh, When you're watching the show, you see a person coming from the future, hero, and tells another character, save the cheerleader, save the world. He doesn't know what it means, but he goes and then tries to save the cheerleader. And when you realize later, it does, if he hadn't saved her, the world would be in a big trouble. But you don't know why this is going to happen. You just need to care about an individual person that you know is in trouble and you're going to be able to help them. This is what I loved about this quote because it was in an unexpected way. You're talking in the show about a woman, um, uh, Teenage girl who's living in a place called Odessa, Texas. You know, you are not expecting anybody from there to be necessarily the world saver, but it's the fact of saving her that is something that helps humanity. Of course, this is a show about superhero powers, but you never Mm -hmm. realize how a person's role is going to be in society uh, until you are able to see that fulfilled. And when we have humanitarian crisis like we have now um, all over the world with the case of the refugees, the refugees and the numbers keep increasing. You don't know how people are going to be able to contribute within their societies, within the societies that they join because they are forcibly displaced or what have you. You know, this is a topic that I find particularly moving just because of that one. Everybody has got a superpower and we cannot renounce to having those superpowers among us. Thank you very much. Very eloquent, Miguel. I'm, I'm thinking about superpowers, and the question for me is, does technology conceived well and used well give us superhuman powers? And I think if we were to get into a discussion, which we don't necessarily need to on the show, about artificial intelligence and machine learning and what it does for the mm-hmm. humans who are relieved of repetitive, boring tasks, and we, we cover this on mm-hmm. several of our other Game Changers shows, uh, does it give us the ability to be superhuman, superhuman? human intelligence, and we've actually covered that topic before. So thank you very much for your thoughtful explanation. I, I should really go see Heroes. I should figure out where it is on demand and go subscribe to it. I think I would enjoy it. Thank you, Miguel. Let's circle around the table to Jacques. And Jacques, I have a couple of questions for you. Number one, where are you today? I know we called you. And what's in your cup today, meaning, Jacques, what's your favorite drink in the whole world? I'm looking at your picture here. You've got a wonderful smile. What keeps that smile on your face when it's in your cup. Jacques? Very good, very good. Well, I can already start drinking it because actually today I'm in Mumbai. I'm in Mumbai, India. So, so the show actually is between, between my dinner and, and definitely at the dinner I will start drinking a gin and tonic. And preferably if it's an, if it's an Hendrix gin tonic, I'm very, very happy. Okay, thank you very much. I'm glad, glad that makes you happy. Uh, do you use special kinds of ice cubes? I know some of our, our uh, panelists in the past, Jacques, have used uh, some kind of a very high-level gourmet ice cube that was made with special purified water and human hands don't touch the ice cubes or something. Do you have any any um, preferences like that in your gin and tonic? No. Yeah, of, of course. I like my my cucumbers uh, in it, so so that, that that will do. And 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 ice ice cubes. I'm I'm. It's 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 not so important. It's just uh, just the normal ones. <laughs> Cucumber in gin and tonic. I'm writing that one down. I have to remember that. Thank you very much. I don't drink gin and tonic, but if I happen to be offered one, I'll insist that it has the jock touch of cucumber in it. Thank you very much. Dan Lau, where are you today? And Dan, what makes you happy? I also see a big smile on your picture. Talk to me. 
Hey, uh, Bonnie, I'm in my home in, uh, in San Ramon, California, which is uh, just a few miles from San Francisco, and it's not time for a gin and tonic yet. It's only <laughs> 7 a.m. In, in the morning, so <laughs> Too I'm having here. a good cup of <laughs> yeah. Ethiopian coffee, and, um, and I, actually, I actually roast my own beans. I buy green coffee beans from a local importer in Oakland, and and uh, uh, roast my own beans, and, and uh, I'm having Ethiopian coffee today. And Ethiopia, as you know, is where coffee was um, invented or discovered, depending on your viewpoint, uh, and is quite a good cup today. Nice to hear that. And, and is there a special device that you use to roast the green beans, Dan? Just a quick uh, comment there. Uh, yeah, I do have a drum roaster that uh, that that I use, but I've I've actually made my own roasters in the past, and and uh, uh, you can do all kinds of do-it-yourself projects. It's just heat and agitation to get the beans to to roast. It's not rocket science, but I use a drum roaster to do that, and it's it's actually quite simple, uh, and it makes a fantastic cup of coffee, very fresh. Glad to hear that. And by the way, a little bit of history. The first commercial crop of coffee was actually in Yemen, but the Arabica tree originated across the Red Sea in western Ethiopia on high plateaus where country people still harvest the wild berries. Today, Ethiopian coffees are among the world's most varied, distinctive, and blah, blah, blah. That's coffeereview.com. I won't read the rest, but just interesting. Thank you for priming that pump, Mr. Lal. I appreciate that. And Miguel Castro, where are thou? Today I'm waxing a little uh, poetic here. Where art thou and what art thou drinking or what do you plan to drink later, Miguel? So I'm in the SAP office in Madrid. You know, this is where I'm based normally and it's funny to hear both Jack and Dan now talk about what they're doing because uh, I uh, relate to both of them in some way. So because in the last three weeks I was in the U.S. in a business street, the last part I was in the West Coast and then I was in San Ramon. So it's funny to be with someone with San Ramon actually now in the call. And what ah. I'm drinking, it's actually Tulsi tea, which is a tea that is originated from India. Tulsi means in English holy basil and it's something that I discovered in one of my several trips to Mumbai. I've been there for business reasons and then I also participated in a social sabbatical and since then this became my favorite tea to drink in the afternoon. So the moment I went to organic shopping in, in Madrid and I discovered that this is something that I don't need to get from India and kind of stop bothering my colleagues from India whenever they come to Europe to say, would you mind bringing me some Tulsi tea please? That I can now buy it inside. It's something that I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. Can you spell that for me? I'm just curious how you how you spell the drink you just mentioned. Yes. Tulsi is T U L S I, and in English it's called holy basil. T U L S I. I'm just going to do a quick. Uh, let me see if I can do a quick search here. I'll do that during the break. That sounds very interesting. Mm-hmm. Always curious about different drinks. Thank you very much. If you're just tuning in, this is our new series called Game Changers with Purpose Radio. Purpose is a word that's being bandied about. I'll say that as a new buzzword by many companies and many organizations. But what are people really doing about it? Today we're talking a little bit about how technology can be used with purpose and. The the episode is called Technology with Purpose, Aha, Priming the Humanitarian Pump. And we are talking specifically about what happens when large volumes of people leave their country of origin or wherever they are and travel to a country where they are not part of the culture and they want to knock, knock, knock on the door and they have skills they brought with them. How can companies in the receiving country use the skills or retrain them so that everybody has a win-win situation? People get to be productive, companies get to find talent, and the economy is back on track. So that's a big, big, we're calling it a 21st century challenge. I have three very special guests with me today. I have Jacques, please forgive me, Buit, B-U-I-T-H. I'll let you pronounce that as you will, a senior partner at Deloitte. We're speaking also with Dan Lal, L-A-H-L, if you want to look him up, VP of Product Marketing for Cloud Platform at SAP, and Miguel Castro, Lead for Culture and Identity for the SAP Global Diversity and Inclusion Office. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and by the way, gentlemen, Dan Lau, you may remember this, they don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days, and Tuesday is a double header. I have another show an hour after we're off the air, so all I'm allowed to drink is water. I have my cool, clear glass of water with a green straw, because here in Durham, North Carolina... 
Well, it's not snowing and it's not thundering or lightning, but there's a lot of rain coming down and the forecast says maybe a little bit of snow tonight. It's not supposed to be that. It was 70 degrees yesterday. What can I tell you? They say if you don't like the weather in North Carolina, wait 20 minutes or 24 hours and it'll be something else. So I'm going to be patient. I have a green straw because there is still greenery. The gardens are starting to grow anyway. So I'll say to our listeners, don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back with a lot more Game Change with Purpose Radio. So Aaron, take us out 90 seconds and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Organizations that act with purpose can impact the greater social world. In doing so, they can also improve their bottom line, boost morale among employees, find it easier to attract top talent, and overall, make the world around them a better place. Purpose is everywhere, and we will help you align your organization to move forward with renewed purpose and vigor, enabling it to thrive in the short term and long term. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how purpose driven organizations can lead to a better present and future for everyone game changers with purpose is presented by sap visit sap.com have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america You're listening to Game Changers with Purpose, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Game Changers with Purpose. Exactly. We are with Purpose, and we're talking today about technology with Purpose, primarily the humanitarian Pump. We're talking about how to solve the refugee crisis at the same time as solving the crisis of many companies around the world that are lacking really good, high-quality talent. Can you put the two together? Can technology help? That's what we're talking about with our three panelists, Jacques Buith, B-U-I-T-H, at Deloitte, Dan Lal at SAP, and Miguel Castro at SAP. It's time for us to start the roundtable, and I'm looking at Jacques' notes here, and here's where we're going to start the conversation. Jacques told me, quote, Business has an important role to play in addressing complex societal challenges. Let me read a little more. The pressing issues of today, such as the ongoing refugee crisis, changing world of work, rising inequalities, require business to participate. Governments, citizens, and civil society cannot do it alone. Great statement. Jacques, please tell us more. Absolutely, Bonnie. And, and you're absolutely right in what you say. We, we see very complex societal issues, and more and more is is what they're coming. Partly because of all the advances that we've seen in in globalization that's coming true, but also in in technology advancements. With with the fourth industrial revolution coming up, uh, technology plays uh, a very important part of all our lives, and undoubtedly it it has brought us a lot of good things. A lot of positive things, a lot of good things. But we also have to say that not everybody's lives, not all the people's lives have been improved. And we are seeing an income inequality gap. It's it's widening more and more. And that gives us concerns. It gives us concerns as a society, but it also gives us concerns from a business perspective. And and it's this recognition that that we believe both on on the business side, but also on the societal side, that inclusive growth and making sure that each and every one on this planet, each and every one on this earth, is, 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 is progressing and moving with all of us in the right direction. And, and, and that is what I believe is what the whole notion of, of purpose, purpose in relation to technology, is bringing. It's, 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 it's driven by the, by the business side, but because of 
it's it's a societal issue. It's what customers demand from our companies, and it's what talent is also demanding from us as an uh, as an organization. So, so one 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 very interesting piece of of um, of thought where I, I could refer to with with Forbes Insights, we surveyed uh, C-suite executives. Uh, around 340 in all the businesses around all sectors during the end of uh, last year. Last year, and and it resulted in a report business case for inclusive growth report. So for me, um, inclusive growth and purpose is not so much to treat society uh, impact and to make sure that we do the right things for society. No, there is a business case. There is a business case for, 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 for purpose-driven behavior because it's the customers that demands it and mm-hmm. it's also the people that work for us, work for our global companies, they demand exactly the same thing. They would like to see that sense of purpose and that inclusiveness, inclusive growth into, uh, into our society via the business. Thank you, Jacques. You hit a lot of very interesting points there. Let's see what Dan Lal has to say. Dan, please add your add whatever your commentary is to what Jacques just shared. Yeah, and, and I think I'd like to tie this, you know, the, the, the corporate involvement and the corporate contract we have with, with uh, our common humanity. I'd like to tie this to, you know, those most in need, uh, those uh, um, the refugees that we see coming from the Middle East to Europe. And, and SAP is right in the middle of that. You know, uh, SAP is in Germany and, and, and over a million refugees are, are from the Middle East are now in Germany. And, and SAP has done a number of things to, to, um, to have that social contract fulfilled. And let me just talk about one of them and, or two of them, and that's uh, internships and study programs. So our, our goal was to have internships of at least 100 uh, refugees that had some technical knowledge, offer them internships in, in the company. And, and we've been able to do that in, in 2016 and, and 2017, almost 80 internships in 2016 and, and over 100 internships in 2017, uh, excuse me. And of that, you know, more than 20% now have found uh, permanent empl- uh, employment with SAP. So we've we've um, uh, we've stepped up as a company to help those those folks who had skills. Uh, we helped identify them, get them into an internship, and and for a good number of those have have led to uh, uh, have led to permanent employees with with SAP. And then an additional uh, thing we've done is we've provided capability for um, funding of Bachelor of Arts programs in information systems. So uh, over 15 candidates we've started up in, in 2016 and, and 10 additional spots in 2017 for uh, refugee folks to study uh, for a bachelor's in information science. So uh, as Jacques said, corporations have a responsibility and a role to play, and, and those are just two things, the internships and the study programs where SAP is stepping up uh, to help that for those refugees. Thank you very much. Good case studies there, Dan. Good uh, good reality check. I appreciate that. Miguel Castro, also from SAP. Miguel, talk about the whole, the concept. Well, Dan already gave us some really good reality checks here on what one big company, SAP, is doing. Let's talk about your concept of, of what Jacques shared with us in terms of the requirement of business to play a role because government citizens and civil society alone cannot do it. What are your thoughts, Miguel? Sure. It's, it's uh, very good to hear that Jack also sees the same perspective as we do in SAP when it comes to the business case for diversity and inclusion. In this business case, referring to many different areas, customers, the more diverse organization, inclusive organization that you have, how easy that you are able to drive better innovation, and then the component about how this has on employees in order to attract the right talent, to retain the right talent because you have the right, uh, the right inclusive environment, and then make sure that the people contribute are the best because they feel included and they feel part of the team. Uh, so looking at this, when we consider the global movement, the global migrations in all these areas, it's really critical that you are able to 
uh, incorporate the talent that you're getting into a country because not everybody joins a company just being in the country where they are, especially, you know, mm-hmm. the moment that we have global headquarters, regional headquarters, people are traveling all over the world. So it's really important to be able to onboard people from different perspectives. So this has got an influence on the software. You know, the, the example that Dan just gave with all the colleagues that we hired in Germany with our Engaging for Refugees program, uh, we didn't know what to expect the moment that we started with the program. We just knew as SAP that we needed to contribute and that we needed to help. It was 2015. We were, the German government was saying, we have a crisis. We need everybody to be on board. And we said, we're on board. We're going to be cooperating with you in order to make the situation better. So we said, we are used to hiring interns in the company. We have the procedures like this. We have more than 90 nationalities working in our headquarters. We'll figure this out and this will turn out fine. We surely will turn out fine. And it did. You know, we have now many colleagues who working with us that brought fantastic perspectives because of the work experience in Syria. You know, mm-hmm. one of my favorite colleagues, Anna, she came to us of working as a web designer in then cooperating with an NGO um, with artistic designs. What we realized by working with her is that she's able to draw the process landscapes in ways that people in Europe don't normally have because she's such an artistic person combined with her IT degrees that when it comes to presenting to customers and to present to the colleagues how the process flow should go, it's really beautiful to see. You know, so when it comes to diversity and the power of inclusion, you are going to be surprised by the type of effect that you're going to be bringing to a conversation and to the work environment. The time you expand your mind and you lose fear about the bias that you could have about people from different ethnic backgrounds, about what are they going to be able to do. It's like you will find out the moment you are able to incorporate in the company and give them a shot. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Very interesting. Thank you for adding that flavor to the conversation. Jacques, let's circle around to you. We've had some, some good build out here of the conversation from your colleagues on the panel. Anything you'd like to add, Jacques, before we move on? Yeah. Well, for, first of all, I think kudos for, for SAP and those two great stories, what Dan and, and Mikael said. This is exactly also what I meant in my, in my introduction. Mm-hmm. And, and, and of course, we as business have to, have to step up. We as Deloitte did, did in Europe, where the, where the refugee crisis for Syrian refugees was, yeah, was, was very, very well noticed. Uh, we in, in Deloitte started first with a study together with Oxford University uh, to, uh, to interview and to write a report, but very, very quickly that turned by the professionals, the professionals that work on cloud and on platforms, that they said, we built a platform. That's now called Futures Hub, so it was built by the people within the firm, Deloitte, and they built the platform Futures Hub, and using that platform, they helped refugees, Syrian refugees, in this very specific example, on education, on social integration, and also in getting uh, getting work. So, yeah, those those mm-hmm. examples yeah, for, for, from SAP, uh, the one I'm I'm describing, this is exactly what uh, what uh, what we as as businesses need to do more and more for bigger issues as well. Thank you very much. Before I move on to topics from your list, Dan Lal, I, w- I just want to pose a question for the whole panel. I'll start with you, Dan, and then Miguel, and go around to Jacques. I-, I ask this question very often on shows like this, on topics like this. Whose job is it to say, okay, stop the presses, everybody sit down, take a deep breath. We have to do X, Y, Z to contribute our skills, our talent, our innovation, our creativity, our software, something to helping to solve a humanitarian issue, a challenge, a crisis, whatever level it is. Does it come from, and I think Jacques mentioned this, it's today many of the people who work for companies, well, we, we try to pin that one on millennials, but I think it's multi-generation. We want to work for a company that cares about people, cares about the world, cares about environment, cares about sustainability in all kinds of issues, social and physical issues. Does it come from the groundswell? Does it come from people who want to apply for a job with your company and saying, we're offering you a job. Nah, I don't think you have a heart. You don't have a purpose. I don't see your mission. Does it come from grassroots inside the company where a group of people will get together and say, yeah, we want to have a food drive, a fundraising drive, because we heard there's a group of refugees at the border and we might be able to help them. Does it come from the C-suite? So, Dan, just give me your viewpoint on where is it coming from, where should it come from, or if it should come from all levels and be heard more. I'm going to be quiet now. Dan, talk to me. Yeah, you know, I think it really comes from the heart is where it comes from. And and uh, Mother Teresa, 
once wrote that if we have no peace, it's because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. And that goes, that cuts across any level within a company from uh, the janitor up to the, to the CEO. And, and I don't think she meant peace, meaning war versus peace, but peace in our hearts that, that we really have to care for one another. And if you have compassion for other people, doesn't matter where you are in the company, it, it, it's going to come. Mm-hmm. And, and great ideas can flow out of that wellspring of, a, of that compassion that I talked about earlier. So I, I really do think it can com, come from anywhere in the company. And, and a great idea for coming from a great heart need uh, then can gather great momentum up and down the company. Uh, so I, I do really think it comes from the heart, quite frankly. Thank you. I like that. Again, very, very poetic, Dan. Miguel Castro, what do you observe? Where mm-hmm. is it coming from? Where should it come from? Thoughts, Miguel? Sure. In my case, this, um, the, 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 to me, the important point is something that we learned in SAP also from Deloitte, in a person by Deloitte study, about how is it that you can read the benefits of inclusion. And it's very clear in there that it should come from everyone. It should come from everyone. It just depends on the type of role that you have within the company. You know, you reach the levels of an inclusive culture in which when everybody sits, it's my own responsibility to make sure that we work in an inclusive company here. When it comes to the responsibility of management, obviously this needs to be coming from the top. When we look at the, how SAP handled, how we got started with the refugee crisis in 2015, this was a mandate that was coming from the board. It's that like we need to figure out how to be able to tackle this issue and how to contribute in a positive way. And this is where each board area within the responsibilities reached out to the organization and said, who needs to tackle this for our case and how are we going to be contributing to it? And what I love about the culture in which we have so many employee network groups within the company, it's really beautiful looking at the grassroots initiative, how people wanted to chip in. You know, the cultures at SAP Network that it celebrates multi- the multicultural environment that we have, they cooperated in there with the Arabs at SAP, Africans at SAP, helping on board the colleagues that came through the refugee program, letting them know how the culture and the company is and so on. Colleagues who are not in this network said, I want to be a buddy. I want to be able to help the colleagues in here who are joining the company right now in order to help them understand how our company works, not really from a cultural perspective, but more about what the skills are demanded, how can I accompany you here, take more time of my work day in order to be able to help with this. So I just think that to dance point as well, it comes from your heart. Also think about what responsibility do you have in the company and how can you contribute to make, a ro- to make the world run better. Thank you. Very well put. Jacques, I'm circling around to you. Your thoughts, please. Yeah, I, I clearly believe it should come from the people, from the, from the professionals in the heart of the organization. Uh, they, they, are, they are concerned of, of these, these issues, uh, and they're also the one that can contribute. We as leaders, um, the most important task that we have, we need to listen. So we need to listen what, uh, what, what our people, the talent uh, wants, what society wants, and, and obviously in, in most my case in SAP also what our clients want. But we have to listen and we have to respond carefully on those, on those needs. Listen what they want and respond to it carefully. And, and obviously with, with big companies, big multinationals like, like ours, we need to provide the, the mechanisms. So in our case, we, we provide uh, ours and act upon it. Thank you very much. Appreciated. I think we had a good discussion on that one. Let me look at some notes here from Dan Lyle. Dan, we covered a lot of what you had here because we've been having a very robust conversation. Let's talk about uh, software platforms. Of course, not every company is positioned. There's not in the business of creating software. But for those who are, you say, collaboration uh, between relief agencies, municipalities, uh, in terms of having a platform to get everybody together. So give us a little background on how does that work in terms of making software available to companies, to refugee organizations, to governments, to, let's say, uh, 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 grassroots types of organizations. How does that work, Dan? Yeah, so I, I I don't want to make this an SAP advertisement, so I don't want to no. do that. But, but companies that do have software that can facilitate collaboration between refugees and between municipalities and between aid organizations and between other corporations 
can take that software and donate it to those groups so that people can connect up and you can make those connections. You know, Thomas Friedman wrote a book in the 90s that was very popular called The World is Flat. And it's all about how the, those connections goes across geographies, across cultures, across um, different economic uh, uh, zones and, and, and different economic people. And, and it's our responsibility as a corporation, if we have a platform to do that for collaboration, to pull these organizations together to line up money and to line up opportunities and to line up resources and, and uh, refugee skills, it, it's our responsibility to do that. And, and, and we've done that in, in SAP. We've, we've, we've given uh, our collaboration project, uh, our mm-hmm. product, to a couple of different projects. And I want Jacques to talk specifically about this Futures Hub uh, project that he mentioned earlier in the call because that is, is really awesome. And in fact, the Futures Hub is a way to connect up uh, refugee skills with corporations and their opportunities that kind of ties together what we talked about with uh, refugee skills and then internships. Uh, and we actually gave Deloitte, uh, we aw- awarded them an innovation award last year mm-hmm. uh, by utilizing this collaboration platform uh, to create this Futures Hub um, uh, that they delivered for, for refugees uh, partnering up with corporations. So that, that was really awesome. And we, and we have that responsibility to do mm-hmm. that. It's just, just not a nice to have. It's a responsibility. If we have the means, the capabilities, we should be donating these things uh, to the effort. Don't ignore people. Use what you have. Jacques, you've been summoned here. Let's just get a brief comment from you because I want to pick up a word Dan mentioned, economics, and I have something very interesting here in Miguel's notes that I want to go to next. But go ahead, Jacques. Any thoughts about Future Hub you want to share with us? Any quick comments? Yeah. Yes, of, of, of course. And, and, and thank you. Thanks, Dan, also. In, indeed, it was, the, it was also the innovation uh, award yeah, that, that, we, that we got from this, building it on the, uh, on, on, in the cloud. Um, but but it really worked. Eh? It worked because it was the professionals of Deloitte who who participated and took this on board, and it also worked because we we, we uh, in 2017 had 305, which looks like a small number, but each individual is important here. So we brought them into the platform and helped them in 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 in, in language, in education, in getting uh, getting applications for a job. Not not just in our company, but across the the host countries. Um, so yes, I, I I believe these type of platforms uh, they they work um, because they're made by and and for. Uh, the community that uh, that they serve. In this case, it was Syrian refugees, so very very specific. Um, and 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 yeah, we are very very happy to uh, to 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 have that uh, to have that going on. Thank you very much, Jacques and Miguel. We have a little bit of time left. I'm looking at something important mm-hmm. here. Let's get down to some numbers. So you say global migration is a key contribution to the world's economy. Uh, according to McKinsey 2016, refugees might be the face of migration in the media, but 90% of the world's 247 million migrants have moved across borders voluntarily, usually for economic reasons. So let me read one more line here. These migrants contribute to $6.7 trillion of the global GDP. That's 9.4% or $3 trillion more than they would have produced in their origin countries. That is fascinating. Talk to me about that, Miguel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what we learned from understanding McKinsey is that we were better at integrating the migrant community. This could be increased to $1 trillion a year. You know, so this is the point in which when we look at the type of organizations that we have, the type of societies in which we live, the refugees just got our attention to this case. But if we look at the people who have different ethnic backgrounds and those living in the, in the different countries, so they come from a different nationality and they don't master the language as mother tongue, this is when we start looking about like, okay, how much talent and I would not pay attention to just not because I had the right focus on that one. So this is the area in which I believe like companies can address this one. Uh, when it comes to your internal practices, is the point of out how are you 
enabling your organization in terms of becoming more culturally intelligent, you know, in terms of intercultural communication. How do you understand how people express themselves? Then how is it that you look at the topic of ethnicity and race within the company? Because this is a topic that it's very difficult to address normally within organizations. The moment you talk about race, that you want to discuss race, everybody fears being called a racist. So it's very mm-hmm. difficult to actually enable the conversation on that one. But actually, the moment you try it and you relate to it to the facts, to the situations that you have within the company, and you give people tools in order to show their humility, you know, to show how vulnerable they can be and put themselves out there and be willing to listen. This is how you can start driving an organization in which everybody is able to contribute because nobody's overseeing when it comes to the contributions that they can have just because of the way that they look or the way that they express themselves. Thank you very much. Very interesting. We really didn't have a lot of time for that, but I'm glad you brought that up, that there can be mm-hmm. voluntary migration, and it does add the the crisis of talent is something we've talked about on other shows here under the Game Changers banner. We are just about at the time of the show called the Crystal Ball Predictions Round, and I think we can start it about a minute early because there's so much to look forward to. So Jacques at Deloitte, why don't we take a look into the Crystal Ball, and instead of just giving you 60 seconds, I'm going to give you a whole two minutes, Jacques. Do you know what that means in radio time? That's huge. That's a gift. So I want to give you two minutes to take a look and talk about technology with purpose. Where do you see this going? We've talked about heart. We've talked about caring. We've talked about compassion. We talked about coming from different levels of a company. We've talked about technology platforms. We've talked about people who are being displaced voluntarily or otherwise, coming with skills that they're not allowed or being able to use in other places. So, Jacques, where is this all going? Let's say 2020 or any time past that. Jacques, go ahead. Yes. All right. All right. Yeah, well, 2020 is around the corner, but, but, but looking further away, I think if we, if we look at that from, from three angles, yeah, first of all, go back to, to, to the beginning of the show where we said that, that businesses have a more important role to play in this. And, and that was played throughout, uh, throughout, throughout the show, how we, how we do that. And we also, we also can, can see that that will not stop. Yeah? It's, it's just the beginning and, and, and it will continue. Secondly, with the fourth industrial revolution around the corner, technology will change our lives. We haven't seen only the begin- we have only seen the beginning of it, but it will it will continue uh, uh, more and more into into our lives, and and also with um, with the with, with the societal crises that we that we have seen. Also, those as a, as a third lever will not stop. Yeah? That will continue. Uh, how unfortunate it is, but that will that will continue in the in the world either from a political point of view, from a natural disaster point of view. Uh, it it will continue, and if you continue to bring those things together, we as businesses have to find the solutions. Because if if the, if we don't take advantage of the of the migrations that that will happen voluntarily or involuntarily, we will not be able to run our businesses anymore. Uh, also, if technology advances continue, certain countries already have a graying population. Uh, take a company of Japan, the the, the company the, the the citizens of Japan are getting older and older, and there will be a point in time that there are literally not enough people to serve the society anymore. So technology advantage in, mm-hmm. in, in such a place is, is, is absolutely important. Then bring that back into, um, into, the, into the humanitarian crisis and, uh, and, and the refugee migration. Um, we, we cannot predict where it will be, but we do know for sure it will happen. And, and, and we better are preparing ourselves uh, for, for them to, to deal with that. Otherwise, the society will not work anymore. Okay? It, will, it will simply just stop. Um, and, and, and that would be really be shame because we do have the technology advances. So if we match that supply and demand also in, 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 in capacity in the right way using technology, it will benefit, uh, it will benefit us, us all from it. Um, but if my, my prediction is, that if we don't do it in the right way, uh, we will we will have a major major issue, and our society will just simply stop uh, functioning 
because the the, the the trust the trust is not uh, is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you very much, Dan. I can give you sixty seconds. We're heading toward our close here, so take a minute, Dan. What do you see coming down the pike? Predict. I I think great words of wisdom from from Jacques there that uh, corporations today, if you look at what's going on, at least in America, record earnings coming from uh, from corporations here, uh, great business results, lower taxes. I, I think Jacques is right. We have a social contract uh, with uh, um, not not only the people in our culture but people in other cultures, and if we don't if we don't address that social contract around the globe, um, not just our culture, but other cultures, we're going to be in big, big, big trouble. And I'm a, personally a student of the Bible, and I love the parable of the Good Samaritan, where, where Jesus asks at the end of the, the parable, who is our neighbor? Who really is our neighbor? And today it's the world that's our neighbor. And we have to ask that question of corporations, not just of ourselves as individuals and not just as, as uh, uh, neighboring countries. It's, it's a question that needs to be asked by all of us, and all of us need to address it. And, and I think Deloitte has done a great job with the Futures Hub in doing that and other initiatives. And I think SAP has stepped up as well. But it, it's, it's up to all of us uh, to make that happen. Thank you, Dan. I have 30 seconds for Miguel. Quick, what's your prediction, Miguel? Go ahead, Miguel Castro. 30 seconds. Wow. So I think that based on what we're seeing with the trends with the millennials, you know, which is in the majority of our countries, the most multiracial generation, I just think that thanks to them, we are going to see more and more integration in the years to come. So migration will become easier from that sense because people are going to be much more used to this. As the millennial generation takes over on the other one, in terms of the number of people that we have in the in the companies and moving forward. Based on the millennials, if I extend a couple of seconds more, we have a strong commitment right now when it comes to helping the LGBT community worldwide in cooperations with the UN. It's some of our millennial colleagues that are coming from places like in Africa and Asia that we're engaging with in order to help advance the visibility of the LGBT community so they don't need to become refugees themselves in countries where they're still prosecuted by law. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. There was an interesting segment on Madam Secretary, a CBS TV episode about exactly what you mentioned. Uh, yes, uh, I'll just leave it at that this mm-hmm. past Sunday. Thank you so much, Jacques Buith. I hope I didn't m- murder your last name too many times. Jacques Deloitte, thank you so much for your great words of wisdom. Dan Lal, Miguel Castro at SAP, thank you both so much for joining me. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I have a call to action, and it's a real call to action. And whatever you're doing in terms of helping populations around the world, world, showing your humanity, stepping up and saying we are a global population and it matters. We all matter. Just do something about it. Shout out quickly to Brad Borkin, who helped to put this episode together, Brad and your team, and for sponsoring this series. And here's my call to action, the real one. Fasten your seatbelt. Going to be quite a ride in the future. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Jacques, just like Dan, just like Miguel. I'll be back in one hour, count it one hour, with a live edition of Financial Excellence with Game Changers talking about saving your working capital, optimizing it to make your bottom line really, really healthy in your company. So talk to you then. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Game Changers with Purpose, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.